Hello, and welcome to another episode of Just Talk with Joe Meyer. This is your host, Joe Meyer, here with you, welcoming you to 2021. Thank you for joining me today as we kick off a new pod for the new year. Hopefully, it'll bring lots of excitement to all of those out there who listen to my pod. Um, I know I haven't... um, put a pot out for a couple weeks, you know, do the holidays and everything, but let's get started and um, see where we go from here. Let's see what kind of conversation we, we get, you know, so I don't know. Let's start with our, our song here. You may recognize this one, but... <laughs> Alright everybody, welcome to a new year like mentioned before, thank you for joining me. Hopefully we have some interesting topics to go over today and you know, let's start off with how everything's going in a new year, how everything is going for you and I and everyone out there and you know, I can really truly say that it was a fairly nice um, holiday season with Christmas and New Year's and um, no extra stress although you know <laughs> most of us are going through some form of stress out there right now with the COVID and um, pandemic and everything that's taking place right now in the world so hopefully for many of you you were able to enjoy it somewhat but if you were not um, I'm sorry you know I'm sorry and I hope you know things get better for you out there if you're either looking for a job, you're on the verge of bankruptcy, you're on the verge of being homeless, really difficult situations for all of those individuals going out in the world today. And, um, and, and especially in the United States and the world, you know, I know we're not alone, so to speak, in what's going on. But, you know, I, I'm thankful, you know, I have a job You know, I am thankful um, that I have the ability, you know, I have an income um, and I have a home, you know. I know people are suffering out there and, um, you know, all I will say is that, you know, I I know what it's like, but I will say, you know, not to the full extent of like, well, I know what it's like, but I've, you know, to the point of being homeless because I have never been homeless, thank goodness, but I know that is not a... um, something that anybody wants to happen to them, you know? And um, for those of you who are, you know, awake at night, try to figure out when your next role, your next position, when you're going to get your next paycheck, you know, uh, I, I like to say that give it to God, you know? And I know for those of you out there who may not be Christians, who may not believe in God, who may feel like God has turned his back on you because of the hardships that you're going through right now, I say he has not. And 
there is going to be blessings in, in uh, around the corner for many of those out there who are struggling and trying to get by in this life, you know, but it will get better. It will get better. I assure you that. So continue to keep your head up. Keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. Fighting in this life. And you will get where you need to go. So let's start off with how my week's going, my job. You know, for those of you who care to know, um, continuing to build in that position. I know I, know I haven't really sp- spoken about my position in probably maybe a, a month or so. And everything seems to be going well. Still teaching. Um, and... I'm thankful for those opportunities. Now it is getting harder, you know, at times it is getting more stressful. Um, but that's okay. That is a part of, you know, learning. That's a part of growing. And um, last week and the last couple of weeks, it's been kind of tough because I've been trying to learn new things, new situations. Been really stressed out. But it's, it's, I think it's getting better. Some of you don't care. <laughs> You're like, I have my own problems, Joseph. <laughs> I have my own work issues um, to focus on, you know, and, 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 and that's okay. Um, one, the song that I just played, um, for many of you who are not sure who that is, <laughs> you probably heard it before, but it's actually um, called, it's by a group called Plastic. Bertrand and it's Ka Plain Por Mui. <laughs> you know, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. It's it's a French punk song and you've probably heard it in a lot of movies and TV and um, kind of where I've heard this song mostly is there's some new shows on TV now but uh, as their theme song but I've also um, Heard it play on European Vacation with Chevy Chase. That's kind of where I, I guess I that triggered it in my mind. I was watching that and it kind of played it on loops all through this holiday season. Um, but yeah, I thought it was interesting. I, I think it's a it's a it's a kind of a fun song. Um, I don't speak French, so I don't really know what it means. <laughs> so so many of you who do may may understand it. I, I'm sure it has a, a good meaning. Um, if not, they wouldn't play it on you know, regular TV at all times. So, but anyways, um, hopefully everyone's doing well. I have a few more selections that I'm going to play for you today. But anyways, what is going on in the world today, right? What is going on with the holidays? And for those who, you know, starting off on a positive note, who are starting off the new year, many of you out there maybe are creating some New Year's resolutions. You know, I know it's hard being at home I know it's hard, you know, not being able to go out as much. Hopefully this year will be a much better change for everyone. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what all of us are hoping for. Um, so let, let's let's hope to the new year. I know the vaccines are here. Not everybody's going to get them at first, of course. And, you know, the front line, the people who are considered essential um, should be the ones getting them first because they are the ones really taking care of those in, you know, in the uh, in the hospitals in the medical community. Um, it's so important that they get those. But it, it is disheartening to hear when people in the medical communities, uh, especially nurses, you know, orderlies, you know, assistants, you name it, in certain areas in the country, um, are not going to get the vaccine. You know, they just say we're not going to do it. And these are people that are caring for individuals who are, you know, elderly, especially in the elderly homes. I've heard, I think in, um, I think it was in Arizona or Ohio, one of those places where there was an elderly home where the staff said, no, we're not going to take the vaccine. We're not going to take it, you know. So everyone is going to have a different view of the, the vaccine, right? Everyone's going to, you know, think, well, the vaccine's bad. Well, the vaccine is, you know, they're they're trying to implant something 
in our mind. They're trying to implant something to control us. And, you know, hosh posh, I guess, <laughs> you know, the old term, um, as like they like to say, I, I don't believe in those conspiracies. Now, you may say, Joseph, well, you're crazy. You know what? You, you should believe in them. You know, there's, they're, trying to, they're trying to put something in us. They're trying to pull the wool over our eyes. They're trying to do something, and you're just going to let them, you know? And it's going to affect your immune system. It's going to affect your DNA. It's going to redo something. It's going to turn you into something, you know? I, I don't know, you know? Is it possible that that those in the medical community as far as researchers those who create vaccines medicines get the medicines we take do something to our immune system do something to our biological system of course it's meant to have an effect right it's meant to have an effect you know just like any drug out there is going to have an effect Right? One, some can have positive, some can have negative effects, right? So, it, it, it just baffles the mind, you know? Maybe you may, many of you will be like, well, just, you just need to get a little bit more educated, you know? Um, you know, even looking online, you know? And again, I, I, I look online with a kind of a, a real grain of salt in the sense of like, I have to be careful what to believe and what not to believe, right? Because then you get all wrapped up into like, is this really truth? Is it just somebody posting out conspiracies, you know, and then you start believing it. You know, we have a big problem, folks, in this country and probably the world with misinformation. And and, and it's a big problem because if you've ever watched The Social Dilemma, you know, um, you'll know that social media, Twitter, Facebook, Parlay or Parler, whatever you want to call it, Instagram, TikTok, you know, chit chat, whatever you want. I don't know. I'm, you know, whatever is out there. I, I, I don't because I, I closed, I canceled all those. I deleted all those accounts. Right. Um, they're meant to control you. They're meant to control your mind. And I'm not saying it does it to everybody. In my opinion, the people that are more susceptible to kind of brainwash are those people who, you know, focus a great deal of their time and energy on social media, you know. Um, I'll say this, those who... You know, and you may say, well, what's the significance of what I'm about to say? Well, I think there's some significance or correlation. Um, for instance, when, you know, the, the elites, the rich, you know, you know, they, they, they can use social media, you know, and it's not going to essentially affect their life. You know, it's not going to affect how much, you know, you know, money they don't make. It kind of helps them sometimes make more money with social media. So they're inclined to to use it but when it comes to average joes like you and me you know people get sucked in people get sucked in and they start believing the lies and and people out there trying to make their millions off tiktok and and, and facebook and and you name it and it, it's not a healthy system and now do we all want to be rich yeah I, I can say you know most of us probably would like to have a few million bucks in the bank you know Nothing wrong with that, right? But, you know, there's other important things in life than those, I, than those things, right? I mean, I, I'm a Generation Xer, folks. I, I'm born in 1979, okay? So I, I didn't grow up with social media until social media came around until late or mid-2000s, right? Even then, I wasn't, I wasn't really big on it. You know, yeah, did I use MySpace? Yeah. MySpace was fun. I, I liked MySpace, you know, and I know people like to, to use MySpace as an example. Hey, you remember MySpace? Yeah, of course I do. You know, it was fun. I got to got to learn a little bit of code. I got to put some, you know, build my own like personal kind of page. And, you know, I had a lot of fun things to do with it. And it was just fun. You know, it was a great way to connect, you know. Um, and, but Facebook, Twitter, 
TikTok, they're all in, at a different level than they are today because obviously um, they're used, you know, in my opinion, to manipulate you. And I would highly encourage anybody to watch The Social Dilemma on Netflix and, and really see. And you, and you may say, oh, Joseph, that's just a bunch of propaganda against social media companies. You know, they're just trying to put a, a bad, you know, make them look bad. You know, my opinion, they don't. My opinion is that, yeah, they really try to open your eyes to what social media does to you psychologically, right? Um, it's, it's basically, you know, you're basically on your phone and it's like crack, you know, and I've never smoked crack. I don't know um, what that feels like, but from those who have done it, you know, probably that feeling of like, you just can't get enough. You need more, 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 more. And, um, and I don't want that. I don't want to have that feeling. I don't want that feeling. You know, I don't need that control. And I don't need to, um, frankly, I don't need to believe in conspiracies. I don't need to believe in misinformation. I don't need to spread it. We need to be protecting our minds because from distraction, from things that are really happening under our noses, right? That's what we should be focused on, everybody. You know, I was telling my wife this the other day. Pick up a book. Read a book, people. Get away from the internet. Get away from online. And I get it. It's part of our life. It's always going to be part of our life. But do people even read anymore? Do people even read books? You know, that's what's so disheartening is that people read books today. You know, and the the most recent books I'm reading right now, I'm reading a an older book. It's actually one that got me after reading 1984. Um, then I think I read um, The Exorcist, and now I'm reading We by Yevani Zayatin. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but We a dystopian novel and it was actually the this book as far as i remember it was that oh it was um i oh, what was that the book i was reading i'm sorry uh oh brave new world i'm sorry i was reading that before this one and brave new world was written after this book and this was a russian author who had to smuggle this book out of Russia and it's it's interesting read um it's a little difficult to read it's not in Russian or anything but it's just the way they translated the story and and it is challenging a little bit trying to keep up um but I wanted to see what was you know really what was this what, what was the you know was this something that encouraged another writer to write, you know, Brave New World um, and other writers like George Orwell, you know? And I always believe that, you know, we as writers, and I consider myself a writer, um, we get our inspiration from other writers. And if you want to be a writer, if you want to write, and you may say, well, I write every day, Joseph. Well, yeah, do you write? What do you write, you know? And I'm not talking about, you know, writing on a piece of paper and a note. I'm talking about getting in front of a computer and just writing, putting your thoughts, putting your, putting your aspirations, putting a story, being creative on paper, well, on your screen, actually, but you can write on paper too. You know, people, um, like, um, you know, you know, pretty much many artists or novelists write on um, paper, like J.K. Rowling, right, of Harry Potter. She wrote most of her novels, I believe, in notebooks. <laughs> and then she went back and she transcribed them, you know, and uh, that's how she wrote her books. And, hey, everyone has a process, right? I, 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 my process, you know, I write using Word. Um, I like to read daily. That's what I'm reading right now. I also um, finished a, a kind of a 
history book called Strong Men by Ruth Ben Jihat. G-I-A-T, I think I'm probably pronouncing her name wrong, but incredible book. And I, I highly recommend it if you wanted to know about the history of, you know, individuals who were basically fascists, who were basically dictators, and what, what they're, and, and how they be gotten, how they got to that role, how they got to that, to that position in, in history. And it's not a book to teach you how to get there. It's just kind of, it's a reflection of those individuals who are in history, who were fascists, who were dictators, especially Donald Trump. Now, some of you out there may not like me saying that, like, well, Donald Trump is not a fascist. He is not a dictator. You know, yeah, he's not. But he has fascist tendencies that were, he, he's playing from the fascist playbook for many of what he's done in his life, especially in his political career, until today. And those similarities were just mind-blowing in that book. You know, they went, um, the author went through individuals like Hitler, Mussolini, Modi, um, some other ones that, you know, uh, Gaddafi, you know, Hussein, you know, other ones out there. It was just an incredibly good book, and I highly recommend anyone who has an interest to pick that up. But um, right now, I'm just reading non-fiction uh, right now. Um, I want to keep that momentum going for me personally because I love reading, and it gets my mind off the other things that are not good in this world right now, right? You know, yes, I need to, you know, do other things. I need to read the Bible more which I'm working on as well, right? And um, I do read the Bible scriptures daily. Um, I do listen to services. I try to anyways daily, you know, from um, Dr. David Jeremiah. Um, I also listen to Skip. Um, sometimes I, I listen to different ones, but... Um, Jeremiah, Dr. Jer David Jeremiah is probably one of my favorites. Um, I used to listen to Jack Hibbs. And although, you know, I shouldn't be this way about that pastor, after I was able to see what kind of true politics he has as far as, you know, yes, he, he's a pastor, um, but I don't agree with his politics. A very devoted Trump follower, you know, really putting politics in the pulpit, something I just don't agree with, you know, um, even the, the other church that I'm, I'm listening to regularly, which is Calvary Chapel Transformation um, in Rancho Cucamonga, you know, he's bringing his politics to the pulpit as well. It, it's, I don't agree with it. You know, I don't agree with doing that. And some of you may out there may not agree with me making that statement. Some of you may say, well, Joseph, he has every right to, you know, say whatever he wants on his mind in the pulpit. It's a free country. Well, let me explain something, okay? So something that, you know, I, I still need to learn a little bit about, but I, I truly believe that in, in certain senses, there should be some separation of church and state, you know? Um... Now, as a Christian, you may, if you're a Christian or not a Christian, as a Christian, some of you may not believe that. You may feel like, well, you know, it's perfectly fine if, you know, Christianity or religion is a part of government. And pretty much, you know, I will agree that our country was built on Judeo-Christian principles. And we still have those principles today. They're not as prominent as they once were um, until, you know, let's say Donald Trump tried to come in and, you know, add those, which is fine. I have no problem with that. But what I don't really have, what I really have a problem with is when you're using the pulpit to preach in the name of, you know, whoever you're following or who the people should vote for, um, you should leave that to individuals to make up their own choice. 
And you may say, well, Joseph, you know, they're the people in the po- uh, in the, the parishioners, they're, they're the ones making the choices. You know, he has no say to, they're not who, who they're going to choose as the next president if he says or she says, choose this person. Well, I would disagree with that because, you know, pastors are pretty, you know, um, convincing. And Pastor Jack Hibbs is a fairly um, large pastor with a large church, a large following. People around the world listen to him. Um, and they will listen to what he says and respect what he says. You know, I'm not saying that he, sh- he you know, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with how he preaches the word of God. Because he knows his Bible, of course. I'm not going to disagree with that. He knows it. But other pastors, you know, since Donald Trump came into office, you know, um, have used their pulpits for that purpose. Now, the thing is, you know, um, about that is that when you use your pulpit, you know, and especially when they are tax exempt, that's the big issue. Okay. You know, tax exempt, you know, 501Cs typically, and I may be getting that, but I know they're tax exempt typically don't pay taxes, all right? And, you know, when they're using their pulpit to preach the the word of God and to preach the word of Trump or whoever it is, it doesn't even have to be Trump. It could be whoever's president or whoever a political figure, right? Um, I I just got got really turned off by that whole situation. Um, You know, I just said, you know what, it's time. You know, I, 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 I just... I don't agree with it. You know, I'm sorry. I just don't agree with it. You know, so it was time to say, hey, you know what? I'm just going to find another church. You know, um, I used to just say, well, I just maybe won't listen to him as much. But it seems like in every message, you know, there was a message about, um, you know, not only God's word, but also, you know, hey, you know, this person is great, you know, oh, Democrats are the devil, you know, they're evil, they want to destroy you, they want to destroy society, they want to turn us into a socialist nation, you know, I don't believe that, I, it's, you know, I, I get really upset when I see fear mongering going on, right, really ticks me off, um, most of us, most of us don't like it, you know, so, I, I just kind of stopped, you know. So, but anyways, um, when it comes to, I'm trying to lose, not, not lose my train of thought here. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, I, pastors, you know, I, I, obviously you can't control what they're going to say in the pulpit, you know. Um, although I, I don't want to, you know, silence them because that's not right either, you know. Um, I just think they should be sticking to the Bible. And yes, I, I get that parts of what they're saying is they're just trying to be prophetic in the sense of, you know, speaking what, what the future holds and things like Revelation and and. And what's in the Bible. And I get that, right? But when you start putting in your own personal opinion about people, you know, especially when you, you know, people know that you can, you can get easily influenced by them. I say leave it aside, you know. That's just my opinion, right? But anyways, I mean, most of, many of you out there, you may not believe. You may not be believers. You may not follow Christianity um, Christianity in my opinion this year in the last four years has unfortunately lost a big part of their witness you know a big part of their witness you know for who they who they followed you know um, and then recently what happened with um, you know, the, the capital DC riots. 
So, you know, that is something else completely different. But I'm going to get into that right now. But let me let me play my next song, okay? Song kind of hypes you up, doesn't it? <laughs> you feel like you're going to go start a riot or something, right? Well, yeah, that's not the point, though. <laughs> um, the point of that song is just to kind of what is going on with society? What is going on with you know what's been happening in our country for the last four years and it coming to blows recently? And it all, you know, I'm sorry. Many people will say this, but they will say, well, Donald Trump did not instigate the mobs. Donald Trump, he told them to be peaceful. Peaceful. And I'm using two quotation marks. Peaceful and go home. We love you. And who's stupid enough to believe that? Who's stupid enough to believe those words? You know, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't, you know, so, you know, many are there, there's apologists out there who are just saying, you know, it's not Donald Trump's fault, you know, all those people, they, they're the ones who, you know, they're the ones who started it, um, it's, it's, them, it's on them, you know, don't blame Donald Trump, um, yeah, we were on the brink, we are on the brink of, you know, people starting civil wars. All right, people starting civil wars, and it, it it's crazy. You know, it's crazy um, that there are people out there who would like to start a civil war. Okay, who would like to bring the guns out? Who would like to terrorize people in neighborhoods? There were there are people who would want to shoot people down and and pick them off like you know like animals you know they are they're out there you know craziness right so are are, are times getting better no they're not 
as much as we like to think that, you know, you know, times are going to get better. I hope they do. You know, I really do. You know, um, but I, I think, you know, it's going to get worse. But I, I pray that they do get better because my daughter is in this, you know, world still. She's only eight. She just turned eight years old, January 5th. So thankful for this day and that day. And we, we had a, just a great day and celebrating her day of birth. And, and as she get older, years kind of just tick away when, <laughs> you know, eventually they turn 18 and they leave off to college one day, you know. Or they leave off and go live their life and you're like, God, I hope I raised her right. God, I hope I gave her everything she needs to be successful in this life. And I know deep down she's going to learn. She's going to make mistakes. Um, so, but I'm going to be there. I, I pray I'm there for her. And I pray that um, I live long enough to see her grow up. And you may say, well, no, so that's crazy. Of course you're going to live long enough. Well, you know, we as people, we don't know the day, the hour of our death, right? With COVID, many people out there were probably like, oh, well, I'm going to live till I'm 100, you know? And maybe there's a lot of young people who said, I'm going to live, I'm going to have a nice long life. And then COVID got them, they died, and they lost their young life. And no one should have to die from this, okay? I'm not saying that people weren't going to die. Of course they were. People die in these situations. People die when there's pandemics. People die from the flu. People die from getting hit by a bus, by a car, you know, falling off a ladder. I, I get it. People die from all different reasons. Why is COVID so different? Why is it any different, you know? It, it's, it's different because... COVID, although I'm not going to call it the common flu, which many people out there do, it's, I think it's much more serious than that. It does much more damage to you, um, especially to your lungs. And then you're never able to recover. Some people don't recover um, when your immune system is down. But it's just amazing how people out there continue to call this a hoax continue to say it's not real that the people who died of covid did not really die of covid you know they 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 you know and what's really heartening is when heart sickening when people you know who suffer maybe from obesity you know and they die from covid we're like well he was or she was obese you know she was obese so you know and that's why she died, or that's why he died, you know? Like, hey, you know what? How, how, where's, where's the empathy? Where's the sympathy for, for a young person dying? You know, I get it. Maybe they weren't the healthiest, but that, does that deserve, do they deserve to die? No, you know? So then you have people who, who, who are deniers, mass deniers, you know, COVID deniers, and suddenly one of their family gets sick and died, and then they're a believer. I believe, I believe it's, it's real. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then they get all choked up and crying, you know, why didn't you believe from the beginning? Well, I don't know. Well, then you're an idiot. All right. I'm not saying, you know, Hey, we have to live in fear. I'm not saying that either. I'm not saying we have to go, uh, I, I just, I, I can't go outside. Uh, I, you know, something's going to get me. I'm going to die, you know. No, I'm not saying that either. And, you know, the biggest problem, I think that, you know, and, and in a certain sense they mean well, but in a certain sense they don't, is the media, okay? The media has done a horrible job, in a sense, of the realities of COVID, you know, it's just been, yeah, a lot of it's fear tactics, fear mongering. People tuning in, I got to know what's going on. I got to know how many deaths are on the ticker. I got to know how many people are getting sick. I got to know, I got to know, I got to know, right? 
you know? And, you know, I get it. It's the, the ticker of people dying, getting sick. It's not going to end right now, people. It's going to go up. It's going to go up. You know? So, and right now we do have the vaccine. And it is getting out there. It is being rolled out. You know, we're going to have a new president in about 11 days or 10 days, I should say, with Joe Biden. All right. Hopefully things will get better. Hopefully Joe Biden will take his experience in government and put the best people in positions that can help, you know. But all too often, I know it's a little bit hard topic, which I have a very hard time with, is the evangelicals who are just like, well, that's the end of society. That's the end. He's just an abortionist. He just wants to kill babies. He just wants to kill, kill, kill. You know? And, you know, I get it. Not everybody's going to like Joe Biden. You know, Joe Biden is 77 years old. He's been in government for many years. Many people did not vote for Joe Biden because they like Joe Biden. And I'm not saying it's because Joe Biden's a bad guy or anything. But they voted him for him because they wanted Donald Trump out of office. Four more years of Trump, we probably would have been in full-fledged fascism. And that's my belief. And you may say, well, Joseph, that's, that's ridiculous. How can you even say that? Well, let's, let, let's put some things in perspective here, okay? We have the Republicans who, are, who were, you know, controlling the Senate. And now they are not. Moscow Mitch is going to be no longer the majority leader. It's going to be Schumer or some other, you know, high-ranking, you know, Democrat who hopefully is going to work with Republicans and work with, you know, get things done. You know, um, we'll see. We'll see what kind of divisions. There's going to be divisions regardless. Yeah, we, we you know, we're not completely, yes, we control the Senate to a certain degree, but are, do we completely full control the Senate? No. You know, if we completely control the Senate, we would have, um, you know, 60 Democrats instead of 51, right? Or 62 Democrats just to get a little extra wiggle room so that, so that we would have a control, a full controlled Senate, you know? But who knows, right? I hope in 2021, I kind of lay out the politics a little bit because, you know, for, for many of you out there, I, I don't know. I've never, I was never really into politics until Donald Trump came along. I never really had an interest. Maybe I should have. Maybe I should have cared a little bit more. Maybe I should have voted all those years. But, you know, quite frankly, you know, we'll see what happens, right? But anyways, um, you know, people need help. People need help in this country. People are on the verge of bankruptcy. People are on the verge of evictions. People are on the verge of no food on their table, you know? One thing I hope that this situation teaches people is to how to rebuild and be stronger. To focus, refocus their attention on Maybe, and I'm not saying that this is all people's fault because it's not, but people refocus their attention on building better careers for things that will have a little bit more, I don't know, recession proof, depression proof, you know, the medical industry is booming. People are in need of doctors. People, you know, not everybody wants to be a doctor. We're in need of nurses, medical assistants, we're people in medical industry. You know, those are good fields to be into. But not everybody wants to do those. My opinion, those are good jobs. You know, they're pretty secure jobs. You know, I'll give you an example. Okay, my father worked in uh, radiation. So he was like a radiologist, but he wasn't, he didn't work with people. Okay, he didn't work with people because he didn't like touching people. All right. 
he worked in more of the industrial side of things. So what would happen? So what he did is, as an example, is he was, let's say you have like a place like Disneyland, right? And they have all these roller coasters, right? So he would take, you know, pieces of the equipment, roller coaster. He would, you know, take x-rays, find really um, hairline cracks, make sure that there were none, you know, try to, you know, try to determine if, if it was certain equipment was safe to be used in certain type of, you know, situations like a roller coaster. You obviously you don't want the roller coaster to snap, you know, when you're up in the air and you people die, right? No. So he would take x-rays of those things. And these are things that many people probably don't know that people do, but he did this for most of his career. He learned it from the, uh, from the army. He was a, a reservist, um, but he did learn those skills. And I can only imagine today, if he had learned to be a radiologist in the medical industry, he probably um, and, and would have been made much more money. <laughs> probably would have, you know, had a much simpler time dealing with radiology. Um, I'm not saying radiologists have an easy job. I'm not saying that either because I really don't know because um, you're dealing with the human life. But probably would have had a lot more job security and could have done a lot more in his life, you know. Um, so, again, it's just, you know, thinking about those industries that could help you improve your life, right? So, I'm trying, I've been trying, you know, I'm getting older, folks. You know, and when you get to a certain point, I'm not saying you can't change careers. I'm not saying that. You can't look for other things better out there. But when you get to a certain point in your life, ageism starts kicking in. People look at you like, oh, you're over 40. Well, you're probably going to leave us. And maybe you have 30 years <laughs> to retire, which is a long time, folks. You know, no one's going to be sitting around for 20, 30 years doing nothing. They need to work. You know, unless you own your own company and you sell the company, you make millions or billions, then you got it made. But if you're like average Joe, like you and me, who has to go to work every day, then you're, you're probably, you know, going to need to stay in a career that, you know, that's going to be pretty stable for you. Now, there are certain fields that I'll use the word appreciate the older worker, like nursing, um, because you have life, lots of life experience, which is still important, right? So that's important. But again, you know, it's, it's, it's important that, you know, now that people start thinking about that, right? But anyways, so, <laughs> um, so talking about all these different things, right? What's going on today? You know, a lot of the things we, uh, we had some discussion. There's certain things that, you know, certain discussions I don't like to have with family, right? So many, t thinking about the holidays, thinking about everyone who sat around the Thanksgiving table, the Christmas table, the New Year's table, and, and really, you know, maybe there were, you know, politics on both sides that, you know, maybe you had a Democrat, maybe you had a Republican, maybe you had a, who knows. <laughs> and, and, and it was really difficult to discuss politics at the table, you know, like it always is, you know. Politics and religion are two of the biggest topics that people have a very hard time listening to, even listening, you know, because we have the reaction that we want to defend, defend our position. You know, if you're a Democrat, hey, you're a Democrat. If you believe in the Democrats ideology, hey, that's you. If you are a Republican, you believe in Republican ideology or whatever, you know, <laughs> if you're independent, who knows? Um, if you're a Trumplican, you know, who, you know, it, it's hard, you know, I'm just saying that we should not talk about it, but people need to have respect at the dinner table. People need to have respect for what the other person says and listen to them. But all too often, this is where it goes wrong with politics is people don't have respect. 
and it goes both ways. It's not just Democrats, you know, it's, and Republicans, vice versa. You know, Republicans, in my opinion, absolutely hate Democrats. They hate them with a passion. You know, they think they're just uh, abortionists. You know, they think they're just baby killers. They, they, that it's their life's mission to go and murder innocent babies, right? And that's not it at all. The truth of the matter is there are two different ideologies. There's two different views, two different ways of doing things, you know? And people, you know, and I teach this in my, in my classes at times is that, um, especially with negotiation and teamwork and working together, compromise. And many times people do not want to compromise. People don't want to compromise. It's just like my way or the highway. That's how it is in politics. That's how it is in government. And, you know, government, in my opinion, is broken, right? It's broken. You know, there, there's no way to, to not say that. But can we under unbreak it? It's kind of hard to say. People would actually have to be selfless to really, you know, care about the people that they're representing. And you may say, well, Joseph, how can you make a statement like that? Of course they care about their constituents. They voted for them. Not every time. Not everyone. You know, once you get to a certain point in power, like a senator or, you know, you have a certain influence in government and you're untouchable, you think people, you think they're really going to care about their constituents all the time? You think they're going to just care about their own self-interest? Especially when no one's going to touch them. Because in, in my opinion... People in government, especially senators, are basically almost untouchable until the point like you vote them out, right? So, and you've kind of seen what happened with Georgia, you know, with the two senators. You kind of see that there's a situation now where people are opening their eyes and starting to see, hey, you know, government's not working. Government's not doing what it's supposed to. Government's not helping the people. They're just helping themselves, right? And we all thought, and, and, you know, I hoped, you know, but, you know, when Donald Trump came to office, you know, he'd be like, well, I'm just going to clean up the swamp. I'm going to drain it. No, he actually added to the swamp. He didn't drain the swamp, you know. The swamp ate him. Now, I don't know if he's going to emerge from the swamp, that he's in now. He's going to be fine, people. He's a billionaire. Well, as far as we know, right? Um, but we, we don't know what he's going to do. And we really don't know what he's going to do in the next 10 days. We do know he's probably going to pardon a bunch of people. Um, he may start a nuclear war with, with Iran. You know, who, who knows, right? Who knows what's going to happen, right? He does have the nuclear codes at his fingertips, everyone. And people joke about that, like, wow, he, you know, he has them, but he has them. But I believe in my way that people in power, especially in our defense department, people in the government, would not just let him push the red button and boom, blow up Iran or blow up some other country. It's going to take a lot of different people involved to make that happen, especially with Congress. You know, they're not just going to let him do that start a war and then let Joe Biden clean it up, which is exactly what we, he would probably want to happen, right? But anyways, you know, we'll see what happens in the next 10 days, right? We will, we shall see. So let's see. I'm thinking what my next song is here because I, I, I want to have you guys kind of go early today, but let me see what this song is. I forget. Oh, yeah. Enjoy this one. Mm 
Have a drink on me, everyone. <laughs> forget about tomorrow, right? Hey, sometimes you just need to forget about it. And try to live your life like many of us are doing today. Focus on what's important. Your family. Focus on what's important. Surviving. And cut all the bullshit out of your life that you don't need. Seriously. Look. Plain and simple. Government doesn't give a damn about you or me. No one's going to help you. Although we like to say government cares. You know, government cares about government. Is that right? Politicians care about politicians. Because if they really truly did care about us, don't you think people would be getting more support right now? Don't you think we would be getting those checks, which many people joke about, like, oh, you're just, you know, giving free money away. You're just becoming a socialist country. You know? Yet, we gave trillions of dollars to corporations, right? Billions, I should say. We gave a $1.7 trillion tax break to the top 1% in 2017. Yet, we can't give people $2,000 checks to help them overcome the possibility of eviction, bankruptcy, starvation. It drives you mad, right? Yet we're starting riots, trying to overturn governments, right? That, that's, that's priority, right? You know? Keeping Trump in his presidency, right? Insurrection, sedition, traitors, fascism. These are all words that people don't like to hear. But yet you, you, you say the word socialism. Oh, God, socialism. We will get a real socialist country. Never. I will not allow that. Yet we, we, are, we, have, we have socialism in the United States, which people don't tend to forget. If you think that Social Security is not socialism, then you're dead wrong. If you think giving tax breaks and money to farmers is not socialism, you're dead wrong. If you think giving things like Medicare, food stamps is not socialism, you're dead wrong. People just like to throw that buzzword out there. But we have socialism already, people. We're supposed to be one of the most developed countries in the world, and to a certain degree we are when it comes to technology. But we are not. We are far behind. We are incredibly behind in the times. Other countries laugh at us. Other countries are laughing at us. Take countries like Russia. Take countries like North Korea, China. Well, who cares what they think, right? But what about our allies? Countries like England or UK, Ireland, Mexico, which they shouldn't even be laughing at us. But Canada, countries in Europe who are our allies, like Germany. We're the laughing stock people, believe it or not. We weren't at one point. We were known as setting the barometer for moral government, for doing the right thing, for being one of those countries that was there to lend a helping hand. Now I get, we're not without our faults, okay? And our flaws, we have major flaws. You know, some of the things I was, you know, reading in, um, and I may be wrong, some of the things I was reading in Strongman is that for, for much of who we helped, we also helped prop up 
communism in other countries. Giving them money and, and support. You know? For whatever reason, maybe we had our own reasons. Like, we just feel like, oh, well, we need to keep that going. You know? Um, when people looked on, on TV and saw insurrection going on, people, rioters going on to our capital, people were probably thinking like, hey, this looks like a third world country, man. This looks like something that happened in Venezuela or something, you know, or, you know. But no, that was a good old USA, people. Good old USA. It's only downhill from here, isn't it, folks? So, where do we go from here? Well, who knows? I know where I go from here. Focus on my family. Focus on my job. Focus on on saving money. Focus on, you know, trying to build a future for my daughter. Focus on, on those things for us. That's what we should be focusing on, folks. Focus on the good. Focus on God, Jesus. Reading the Bible. Reading good things. Just pick up a book and read. Put down the tube. Put down the, the internet. Put down social media put down the phone and see how your life changes that's what you should be doing so where do we go from here that's up to you well is there going to be more sabotage, everybody? Are we going to have another drink? Playing poor muy, which is everything's going well for me. Literally, it is gl gliding for me. <laughs> I love that song. That song makes me laugh. <laughs> That's such a great song. <laughs> just like. You just feel good listening to it, right? So, everyone, thank you for joining me for another Just Talk with Joe Meyer. Being here with all of you, being your host, loving being here, spending time with you. Hopefully you got some good information out of our conversation and just sit and listen to my annoying voice sometimes. Um, but anyways, I look forward to the new year. I look forward to having peace and tranquility to good things coming this year. I look forward to to just rocking the year, everyone. And that's the attitude we should be having. I know it's hard to be positive right now, but we really should all be trying to be positive despite the hardships that are happening right now. Despite the the things that are happening in our world today, right? So one thing I always like to mention, um, as many of you know, I am a Christ believer, right? So, out of Deuteronomy 3.22, you must not fear them, for the Lord your God himself fights for you. The Lord fights for you even if you feel he doesn't. Even when you feel you're going through hard times. Even when you feel that things are, you know, you're coming to a loss. He's fighting for you. And I truly believe that, everybody. So thank you for everyone for joining me today. Looking forward to speaking once again, having another deep conversation with anybody out there. And God bless, and thanks for joining me.
sur mon lit à bouffer sa langue en buvant trop mon whisky quant à moi peu dormi vie débris mais j'ai dû dormir dans la boutière où j'ai eu un flash 